God says that uh, the soul that sins, it shall surely die. Uh, the wages of sin is death. God sent his son to pay that debt. And when the son died, justice was satisfied. The truth is offensive. The truth is offensive. The gospel is offensive. The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But he who holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lived to make since he always lives to make intercession for them. As Hebrews chapter seven verses twenty three through twenty five, what is going on, good medicine fam? It has been a minute since we put a podcast out. It's been it's been several months probably. We are finally persevering to the end on the five <laughs> points. Yeah, well, I've got I would say a bunch of questions on when we're going to do our last episode on the five points of of uh, of the doctrines of grace, but I've got basically one text from one friend that says, "When y'all are y'all not persevering?" And so here we are. We are persevering with uh, the the P in tulip which is the perseverance of the saints or uh, as it's also known, eternal security. Eternal security, or I like to sometimes say preservation of the saints. Yeah, the preservation of the saints. That's another good way to put it. Frozen chosen. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) And uh, I want to apologize beforehand. I have a cold going on. It's not COVID, but I sound like I'm I'm all jacked up in the head, which you ask anybody that knows me, they'd probably say that I am all jacked up in the head anyway, so... It's pretty normal, but anyway, Seth, let's get into this, man. This is um, obviously um, it's one of my favorite uh, coming from a free will Baptist background to a Reformed Baptist background. Perseverance of the saints or eternal security is is one thing that honestly, before I even knew what the doctrines of grace were, this is one of the things that I was like, okay, I see it in the scripture. Um, it's it's kind of going against what I've always thought, what I've always heard, what I've always believed. But now I see it in the scripture, and I know it's true. What what's your experience with this doctrine? Oh man, that's that's a loaded question right there. <laughs> yeah. Being raised Armenian in East Tennessee, every church I attended as a little boy growing up was nothing but free will Baptist. Yeah, nothing but Armenian churches. And like I've said before, I didn't come to saving faith in Christ till I was twenty five. So this whole time since I'm a little boy this doctrine has like haunted my mind right like you get saved you pray a prayer which in a sense it was easy believism of course and you gotta live good so good or you fall from grace lose your salvation die and go to hell yeah which is uh, it's something that's interesting as i was studying um i was last week i got a chance to uh to, te- to teach our wednesday night service at church and i was studying through uh, john chapter 14 and when Jesus said, I am the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life, no man comes to the Father but by me. And I was studying some of the different religions of the world, not studying in depth, but studying how they believe man, woman, boy, girl come to salvation. Um, and so Judaism is something that they believe that you can be reconciled to God, but they believe that you have to keep up your reconciliation. You can lose it, but then also... 
by repentance and faith and good works, you can gain it back. And so that's kind of along the lines of what I have heard throughout my life. It wasn't framed in a way that sounded like, yes, this is, you know, a, a new form of Judaism, but it was, it was basically the same thing. Yeah, it's almost like Roman Catholicism. It sense. is very Man, similar. Be honest, if you look at biblical Christianity, I'm not saying our men's aren't saved. I wouldn't they're saved. No, say that. No, not but at all. I believe they're they're wrong sincerely. But you look at let's just talk outside of Christianity, like you were saying. You yeah. look at Mormonism, which is not Christianity. You look at Judaism, Judaism, which rejects Christ as Messiah. You look at the the Muslim faith, yep. Islam. Yeah, it's all works. Which ever technically ever. A religion outside biblical Christianity is a work salvation that yeah. you have to keep yourself yeah. in a state of grace and you fall away, you're done yeah, for. Absolutely. And we are saved by works. I want to say that. R.C. Sproul said that one time, one time and it's, it's very true. We are saved by works. But, here's the caveat to that. It's the works of Christ. Amen. It's nothing that we've done. I want to read this because I've still got some notes up from my um, study that I did for our service Wednesday night. This is what Islam believes, and I want you to, to honestly listen to this. If you're, if you're a uh, independent Baptist, free will Baptist, whatever, listen to this, and and see if any of it sounds familiar to you. Okay, so Islam believes that salvation comes to those who obey Allah well enough that their good deeds outweigh their bad deeds. So that probably doesn't resonate with any of our listeners. Mormonism believes that salvation comes through belief in God and Jesus, repenting of sins being baptized in the church, being a member of the LDS church, which is Latter-day Saints, um, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost by the laying on of hands, obeying the Mormon word of wisdom and all of God's commandments and certain rituals, other rituals that they do. Um, Judaism believes that uh, they can be reconciled to God, but through sin they can lose their salvation. So that's kind of what we're getting at tonight, some of that. Uh, that you can lose your salvation, or can you or can't you lose your salvation? That the, uh, Judaism believes you can lose your salvation, but they can also earn it back through repentance, good deeds, and a life of devotion. Sounds kind of familiar with with what I'm familiar with. Sure. Roman Catholicism believes this: that that you um, must come to God and be saved, repent, have faith, be baptized, and this is what. And, and you know this all too well because uh, we've studied this. We've talked about it on the podcast before. But Roman Catholicism believes that you must remain in a state of grace um, to go to heaven, meaning that if you were to commit a what they would call mortal sin, mm-hmm. um, you must go to confession and repent to be placed back in a state of grace. So Roman Catholicism, as you said, um, anybody who believes that you can lose your salvation, it's very similar to Roman Catholicism because they believe you can be in a state of grace, you can be out of grace, and without repentance and coming back to the Lord and, and repentance and faith that you are out of the state of grace until you repent. Um, Buddhism believes this, and this is you know kind of off, off topic, but I'll, I'll read this to you anyway since I studied it. Um, but they believe that that uh, you can reach Nirvana, which is their version of heaven, um, which um, a good band. Yeah, Nirvana. Yeah, um, but they believe that um, that that Nirvana, that place of Nirvana, it's a it's a blissful place. It's a spiritual state, um, but it, it it requires that you follow an eightfold path, 
which includes these things. It includes understanding the universe, acting and speaking and living in the right manner and with the right intentions. Mastering these things and the other eight paths will return a worshiper's spirit to God. And so, you know, it's you, you hit the nail right on the head, Seth. It's all of these, all of these uh, that I just read there, what does it, how, how do you get to heaven? It is on what you It's do. all on your individual merits, what it right. is. It's Verse, all works. And when Christianity says you can't work for your salvation, you come to Christ who done it for you. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we believe um, as believers of the scripture, I won't even say Reformed Baptist. Yeah. I won't even say that anything outside, of the, I won't say anything that narrows us down to a certain um, area, but I'll say this. We believe that the work of Christ on the cross, salvation, his death on the cross, his resurrection, and was enough to cover. That's it. And yeah, and there's a lot of people that's not even Reformed, like your traditional Baptist brothers yep. and sisters that will say amen, mm-hmm. amen. And there's still, sadly, some Armenian people that will say well we believe that he is enough but still it's on you yeah once they'll you say well saved. you have to live right you have yeah. to live right and so our if argument we believe that in holiness sure. we believe in living right but we don't believe in sinless perfection we right. don't believe if we could attain salvation we don't believe we could add anything to our salvation right it's all of christ right and so when we say we believe in in living right here's the difference so i won't say i believe that we should live right you cannot live right outside of the Holy Spirit working inside you. So a lot of people will use this, the verse in Philippians that says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. But they will not quote the very next verse, which we've talked about it several times before on this podcast, but they'll say, um, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. But what they won't say is, for it is God who works in you, both the will and do his good pleasure. Yeah, it's It's the work of God. So God's work, the Holy Spirit's work, is the fountain of our Christian life, of how we live, of the things that we do. And so if we measure the things that we do based on our abilities, our performance, we're always, always, always going to come up short. So the way to see it, according to Scripture, is that God makes a change in a man, woman, boy, girl, and then from that change, we are a new creature in Christ Jesus, according to 1 Corinthians. We're a new creature in Christ Jesus. And then from that, that new creation is the fountain, and the river that flows out of that is our Christian life that we live, and that's what we call sanctification. Yeah, I couldn't say anything. I couldn't really add anything to that. I mean, you have a different heart. Your heart's been changed. Yeah. And I amen you all day on that, brother. That's true. The difference is versus lost versus saved is that your heart's been changed and you actually love God and love people. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why you want to live, right? Not because you're scared to death to lose it. Yeah. Your sal- yeah. salvation, you want to live, right? Yeah. Because your motivation, your heart's been changed to yeah. love God and love yeah. neighbor. It, it's the work of the Holy Spirit that's working in you. So, you know, as it's I read... not even yourself doing it. It's no, the Lord. No, sanctification is the work of God. It's not the work of you. Um, we can try as hard as we want to, and if we were to do those things, we would be no different than the Roman Catholics. We would That's be no right. different than the uh, Latter-day Saints. We would be no different than the Mormons. All those religions are going to tell you to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, and they're going to put it all on you. 
versus as Christianity will tell you traditional um, old school <laughs> uh, Christianity is going to tell you that we trust in Christ and Christ alone his active obedience and his passive obedience so the work of Christ was enough for us to last us through from now through eternity amen I wish people would realize this and we've said it a thousand times it's never your righteousness that gets you in the heaven. Right. No, it's ruined. Your righteousness is ruined because of the fall all the way back in yeah. Genesis. Yeah. It, that sin nature is passed on to everybody. Yeah. It, you're ruined. There's nothing you can do. As soon as you're born, you're ruined. Yeah. I mean, you're. Yeah. And, and we, even in the womb, you're ruined. We literally have no righteousness. We have nothing. Romans to offer 3 to God. tells us that, that there's none that's righteous. No, not one. There's we we have no claim to being good people, and so uh, I think a lot of times we get, especially in the Bible Belt, we get into this and this kick of thinking, well, you know, so and so saved, they're a pretty good old boy, you know, she's a pretty good old girl, she's she's been coming to church for a while, and blah blah blah, and here's the thing about that is that there's nothing good out uh, in us outside of the righteousness that we've received received from jesus christ that's right we've been clothed in his righteousness that's right as wicked as we may still be god sees us as righteous because he sees us as if we're his son jesus christ and that's the only reason why i tell people you gotta quit being so hard on yourself when mm-hmm. it comes to like i'm not when i say that i'm not saying go live however you want to no but people who try to live right try to do right just like Paul said, the things I don't do, I do. The things do. that I don't want to do, I do. And the things that I want to do, I don't do. Basically, yeah. That's what Paul I said. mean, you gotta, I, I talk to people that struggle with their sin stuff and say, listen, you don't have a single thing with getting yourself into heaven. No. You don't. You can do no. things that are pleasing to the Lord, but it's never pleasing toward salvation. Yeah, yeah. You're never... You're never it um, never pleases Him You're not gaining any favor with God outside of what Christ has already accomplished. That's the only favor we have with God is Jesus stands in our place. I, I really don't think people understand, not saying they don't believe the gospel and aren't saved, but I really don't think people really understand what Jesus accomplished on yeah. the cross. Yeah, when Christ died, um, John chapter 19, when Christ died at, on Calvary, when he died, terrible death that he died, he hung upon that cross, bearing our sin, our shame. The man was sinless. He did not deserve any of it he was perfect and righteous and holy but he took on our sin and what did he say as he gave up the ghost it is finished what was finished salvation for his elect people salvation for those that god had elected as as ephesians 1 ephesians 1 tells us before the foundation of the world there's not it's not a a a rogue number that god doesn't know about there's no there's no chance in this thing and so um, when, when we look at when we talk about the perseverance of the saints um, so many times we look at how we are doing in this Christian life and we measure ourselves based on that and people will say I hope I can make it to heaven it's so sad to hear somebody say that it breaks my heart to hear that because um, Christianity to, to use an old you know fundamental Baptist term it is it is a no so salvation Amen. you either trust in what you are doing or you trust in what Jesus Christ has accomplished 
And trust me, friends that are listening, he did not fail. No. According to the to God's holy word, he accomplished what he came to do, and that was to save his people. And there's nothing that we can do to undo that. And Christ even said that he came to give those. Uh, well, I'm gonna actually let me read this real quick. I'm gonna read John chapter 10. I know we've read it in a previous in a, a previous episode, but I want to read this real quick because, man, it is just so so good. John chapter 10, verses uh, 28 and 29. Let me get there real quick. It says, "This is Jesus talking." He says, actually, let me go to to verse 27 because it just, the whole chapter 10 of John is good. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. This is what Jesus said. I give them eternal life. Seth, what does eternal mean? From, From even somebody that doesn't know anything about anything, what does eternal mean? It's everlasting. Right. I'm not saying you don't know anything about anything, but I'm saying eternal, anybody that knows, can even Google the word eternal. Eternal means everlasting. I give them eternal life. And what does it say next? And they will never perish. Yeah. It doesn't mean I give them eternal life. I see how they do along the way. And then maybe they perish after that. He says, and they will never perish. I love this first scripture. But after that he says, And no one will snatch them out of my father out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the Father are one. So the scripture so clearly teaches us that salvation is eternal life. Eternal means forever. It's not a we receive salvation, we see how we do, we have to live a, a certain life. No, we're saying we're, so, we're we're not we're not swinging to the other end of the spectrum and saying, well, uh, yeah, you're saved, but you can you can you can do whatever you want because that's where people go with this yeah. that that that. I believe opposite than us we're saying that god saves us he changes man woman boy girl he changes their heart changes their desires and because of that you have a new life and you you have eternal life christ says he will never cast you out never cast you out now people will say well i know so and so that um you know they made a profession of faith and and you know they've they've been doing this for years and years and i just don't really know if they're a christian well there's a possibility that that person is not a christian but there's also a possibility that those those people in general have have fallen into some kind of sin and maybe they're that for a season maybe that season is a long season but if they if god has truly saved them he will bring them out of that sin that's right he sure will and i want to read this right here galatians 2 20 i have been crucified with christ it is no longer i who live but christ lives in me and the life which i now live in the flesh i live by faith in the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me all right there is a true believer yep we gotta realize this salvation supernatural yep 
It's a supernatural thing. It's not based on a decision you have. Or, it's not based on yeah. your free will, which yeah. a lot of people disagree with that, hear that. It's not based on your free will. It wasn't that God was trying to save you and tugging at your heart. It, no, God spoke light into your soul when you got born again. Yeah. He raised you from Ezekiel. Dead. He changed the heart of stone to our yeah. flesh. He sure did. And you didn't have anything to do with it. You wasn't looking for God. And if you was looking for God, it's because he began a good work in you and started drawing you to him. Yep. It wasn't because of anything within yourself. But we must realize this. If God's going to save you, he's going to take you all the way to the end. Yeah, that's it. And I want to read, that's a perfect way of saying that before I read this verse. And this is in Philippians 1 and 6. This was a church that was, that Paul Paul was writing to um, to the saints that who were at Philippi, um, and 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 Paul even told them, he said I th- in verse three of Philippians one, he said, "I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel." So these are Christian people that Paul was writing to, uh, but this is what Paul tells these people that were Christians. He said. In verse 6, I am sure of this, that he, being God, who began a good work in you, will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Yes. That is sure, but you can bet the house on that. You know, see, when it comes down to it, and any Orthodox uh, Christian will agree yep. with this, it don't matter what you think. It, what that Bible says is what matters. Absolutely. I, I think naturally we want to look at how we're doing. Right? It's part of having a fallen sin nature. It's it's part of our nature. We want a list of things we can check off to say, I'm doing this good, I'm doing that. I'm doing this well, I'm doing that well. I want to read this to you from the London Baptist Confession. Amen. And, and, chapter 17, the London Baptist Confession. Got glory, but. But this is, you know, obviously this is not the Bible, but I want to say this, I, and I'll reference some scripture at the end of this. The, the statements of faith that they give in this paragraph 2 of chapter 17 says this the perseverance of the saints depends not upon their own free will but upon the immutability of the decree of election following from the free and unchangeable love of God the Father upon the efficiency and the merit and the intercession of Jesus Christ and union with him the oath of God, the abiding of his spirit and the seed of God within them and the nature of the covenant of grace. That's the covenant we've received as Christians. We've received that covenant of grace. For all which ariseth also the certainty and infallibility thereof. And you can reference Romans 8 and 30, Romans 8, 9, 11 and 16, Romans 5, 9 and 10, John 14 and 19, Hebrews 6, 17 and 18, 1 John 3 and 9, and Jeremiah 32 and 40 to, to back that up, what I just what I just read there. So it's not dependent on our will, but no, friends, it is dependent on the will of God who decided in eternity past to save us. Man, God, like, man, I can. I mean, I about be Pentecostal on that. I tell you what, I got them Schofield Holy Ghost bumps on me yeah. right now, son. Yeah, buddy. Woo! Yeah, that'll that'll make a that'll make a Presbyterian chapter. Amen. It's the work of Jesus Christ and Christ alone. If we depend in any way, 
Now, I want to be clear in saying this. Those that are that may be confused in this, that I believe there there are many people that are sincerely and truly saved. Sure. That are that are confused on this. They think they have some way of contributing to this, um, but they have truly trusted in Christ for salvation. I, sure. I do believe that. But something that that I hear so often, and I mentioned it earlier, but um, we'll say, well, you know, what about those people that don't persevere? You know, what about those people that I was there? You know, I, I was talking to a brother. It's been probably three or four years ago. And he was asking me about eternal security. And I, and I said, obviously, I've changed my mind on this, brother. And uh, I said, you know, here, here's what I believe. And I told him. And he said, well, you know, he said, that makes sense, Marcus. But here's the deal. He said, um, I know so-and-so who made a profession of faith, was on fire for God. And then five years later, he's in jail. He's, he's fell back into sin, blah, blah, blah. I said, well, is, is, he, is he dead yet? And he said, "No, no, he's still he's still alive. He's still in jail." I said, "Well, as far as I understand it, I want to read this verse of scripture in First John two and verse nineteen. Uh, I said, "This is what the Word of God says." And I, I told this brother this, and I think I don't know where he stands on it now. To be honest with you, I hadn't talked to him in a while, but um, I, I, I sent him this verse of scripture and talking about those that go out who have made a profession of faith and would they quote unquote walk away from God um, and I, re- I sent him this verse of scripture 1 John 2 and 19 says this they went out from us but they were not of us for if they had been of us they would have continued with us but they went out that it might become plain that they were not of us and so I sent that to, to the, the friend of mine that I, I sent it to and I I said, you know, uh, if this man is still alive, there's a very real opportunity and there's a very real uh, uh, possibility that God will draw that man to repentance. If he's truly a Christian, according to God's word, he will draw that man to repentance and he will come, he will, he will, uh, if you want to say come back to the Lord that way, the man was backslid, however you want to say it. Um, But those that turn away from God and never turn back and die in that condition, Never they turned to God in the first place. Never were Christians in the first place. Yep. And that's hard for people to, to wrestle with because um, we all want to believe what everybody says. They say they're a Christian. Okay, I want to believe that. You know, I tell you, you can only believe what somebody says. And I don't want to be one of these people that's out measuring people's fruit in their lives because people, I mean, we are, like you said earlier, we still have a sin nature. We still battle with sin each day of our lives. But ultimately and truly, those that are in Christ... God will repent them. Yeah. And I want to say this, and this might strike people hard. It really will strike them. It's not easy. It's not as easy to come to Christ as people think it is. No, it's a supernatural thing. It's a supernatural work of God completely. It's not like, well, I think nobody ever wakes up unless God is doing a mighty work of grace in their heart. It says, I'm going to get saved today. Yeah. It comes out of nowhere. Yeah, there's no one. Romans tells us this. There's no one that's seeking after God. Actually, we are his enemies, and we hate him. It's absolutely true. People will say, well, I don't hate God. I just, you know, I don't, I'm not real sure I don't about agree it. with God. I, I, I don't hate him, but I don't, I don't agree with it. No, friend, you there's are no an enemy. There's no neutrality with Jesus yeah. said you're either with me or against me. You either love no me or you hate me. neutrality with God. You either love me or you hate me. Let yeah. me ask you this, Marcus. Yeah. Out of all the five points we've done, 
Which one was the most freeing to you? So for me, and and I'll, I'll be honest with you, coming from a um, well Armenian background, an Armenian background, I was saved in in a non denominational church when I was twelve years old, twelve or thirteen. I don't remember the exact age, and not that it matters. And it, and I, I can't tell you. I remember a time where I came forth and and made a confession of faith. I, I believe at that point I was saved, but I can't tell you for sure that that was the time I was saved. But you know you're saved now. Yeah, I love God, yeah. and there's no way you can love God outside of from salvation because we God. hate. Yeah, because we hate we hate Him. We yeah. hate Him outside of salvation. But uh, I, I came I came to Christ. I believe um, when I was when I was 12 years old in a non-denominational church, very Armenian. Um, you know, it was uh, kind of almost Pentecostally. You know that type sure. of environment. And so, anyway, later on in my life, I attended a Free Will Baptist Church for many years, taught Sunday school there, taught young adult classes there. Believe that type of uh, of doctrine that you could fall away from grace based on what I only the only thing I'd heard. Um, and then I was challenged with with eternal security. And so, um, and actually, you you and and actually my old neighbor at the time, uh, Mike Presnell, if, if anybody that listens knows knows who that is probably one of the best men you'd ever meet in your entire life but uh we were talking about it one day uh him and i were talking about it and and he said uh you know you you go to free old baptist church he's and we're talking about eternal security and i said i don't know about that mike you know and i quoted some some verses from hebrews and he tried to explain it to me and i just did not want to hear it at the time and then so i talked to you not long after that and and you were you know obviously (laughs) full-blown Once in Grace Baptist, you know, hardcore, independent, fundamental Baptist. Uh, well, I would, yeah. Maybe not hardcore, but anyways. Pretty much independent. I would say independent Southern Baptist. There you go. There you go. A little go. bit different than but the fundamentalist. We talked about eternal security, and you, and so this was the thing, uh, Seth, and you, we've talked about this a lot, but you brought up to me just the Bible. Yeah. You didn't say... Well, I know so and so, and this is the situation. You didn't say, "Well, look at this person's life." You didn't say, "Well, you know, we believe this." You said, "You gave me scripture," and at the time in my life, I was like, you know, I was I was studying a lot. I was doing a lot of, of studying and these things, and I was I was teaching other people the Bible, and I was trying to teach it through the lens of what I'd always taught, and I come into this great big uh just tension to where i was like you know there's a lot of sense to what he's saying and i also do see it in the bible uh and then another friend of mine was was um i was listening to him preach a little bit and and he was saying some things in his preaching that i heard and i'm like you know what i believe when god does save somebody it is permanently i don't think that it is you know, depending on after he saves them, depending on that person, because that would be of works. And Christ said in Ephesians, or what I mean through the Holy Spirit in Ephesians, it says that salvation is not of works, lest any man should boast. And so, through that whole thing, um, God worked it out in my life to where I'm like, wow, I I'm saved. I am saved, and I was saved then. But I was so heavily dependent on quote unquote living right that I was taking away the joy of my salvation by working myself to death. 
and you get so tired burn out nowhere with burn it. out and and not not, not i'm accomplishing not con- nothing. not accomplishing anything i'm not contributing anything the Wasting work your time. the work has been done in christ and i had no joy in what i was doing Wasting your time. and so to see uh clearly through the scripture that the work of christ is finished and it is sufficient for those that believe it is such a freeing and there's so much liberty in that to know that I still want to do things to glorify God. I still want to do things that Christ commands us to do through Scripture. But it's not because I'm trying to keep some kind of tab up to say, oh, I'm doing good, better than I'm doing bad. It's to say, man, this man loved me so much that he died for me and he saved me. And so now the things that I do, I want to do to glorify him. And it's such a different mindset. It's such a different change it's in a perspective. Lot mindset. It is. And so that perspective, this this I know this is our last point in the five points of the doctrines of grace, the tulip doctrine. This is our last point in that, but it's something that totally gave me liberty and and freed me from the bondage I was I didn't I didn't even realize that I was in bondage to my own works and trying to maintain salvation upon my, my own self. And I was a, I was a free will Baptist at the time. Yeah. So most people would hear that and say, well, you know, he believes that, you know, he he, he has to accept Christ for, to be saved. But the the version of, excuse me, the version of free will Baptist I was in, I believe that, the, you know, my life that I lived depended on how whether I was going to make it to heaven or not. And to read the scripture and be challenged with the Bible to say, is the work of Christ enough? Yes or no? I could not say no. Sure. And it was, yes, it Amen is. Yeah. So, Amen and, and, and so you ask, you know, what was the most important out of these five points? This by far and still today is the one that gives I, you so much rest. I cling to. And, and R.C. Sproul said this, it's not, you know, we, and, and I'll still say it sometimes too, but, We'll say, hold on to Jesus. Hold on to Jesus. But it's not, R.C. Sproul said this, it's not our, our grip or our hold on to Jesus that saves us. It's his hold on to us, as, as I read in John 10. Jesus said, "You, I have a hold of you. No man can snatch you out of my hands. But even in that, that God the Father has a hold of me through Jesus Christ and that no man can pluck me out of, out of the Father's hands. And I believe that wholeheartedly now. Well, Thank God too. for that, too. I do, too. too, brother. And after five years of being saved, I realize more and more every day it's all of him yeah. keeping this thing going, no. not me. No, and, and, and I'll say this, too. The more that we believe the Bible, the more that we realize how in or how inconsistent we are and how unable we are to do anything good. Yeah. And, and and I think a lot of times, especially in the Roman Catholicism or the Mormonism or you know Free Will Baptists, sometimes get into this too. We rely so much on how well we were doing according to God's law. <laughs> well, yeah. Jesus said, if you offend in any of these in any of these points of His you, uh, of God's law, you've broken them all. So. No matter how good we're doing in some areas, we're still guilty in all areas. That's right. So, are you going? Which I want to ask you this: anybody that'll listen, would you rather go to Judgment Day, depend on how many of God's laws you've kept, 
or would you rather go to Judgment Day depending on Jesus Christ and his finished work on Calvary? That's an easy answer for me. It is. I trust in Jesus Christ and him alone. I want to be found in him not having righteousness of my own. Yeah, we don't have any. No, not at all. So, after you talked about your experience with this point of Calvinism, three months into my salvation, because I was converted in the spring of 2017, couldn't give you a for sure date on it. I know April 10th I went and prayed at my neighbor's house, and I still struggle with that, but I believe I was converted before then, just dealing with some stuff and didn't have good theology. But long story short, I know I'm saved. Yeah. First three months of my salvation, struggled with this. Had a wonderful pastor come by my side, Ansel Presnell Jr., which is Mike's nephew. Yeah. Ansel helped me out, was so patient, poured so much time. Love the man to death. Yeah. Still love him to this day. Love him so much. Put so much time, poured his life out into me to uh-huh. help me out. And I praise God for people that I do yes, that. Yes, sir. Taught yeah. me this doctrine. Him with J. Vernon McGee. Old J. Vernon McGee. Yeah. No, that was another one. I didn't even Taught mention me it earlier. eternal security. Yeah, but, I used to listen to J. Vernon McGee 915 on my lunch break. And, yeah. like, it was, obviously, it was God's, it was God's, divine work that was going on yep. but during this time that I was struggling with this I would eat lunch and listen to J. Vernon McGee it was like it was like stinking clockwork man J. Vernon McGee would talk about general security every time I'd eat lunch and I'm like okay and then I got into uh, what's his name uh, you know uh, the big time Southern Baptist man Aaron, uh, Adrian Rogers Adrian Rogers yeah <laughs> I was listening to him talk about it and I'm like there's no way around it man there's no way around it. So, but J. Vernon McGee's sermon on YouTube, Eternal Security. It says J. Vernon McGee full Sunday sermons on Eternal Security. It's like 50 minutes and 57 seconds. I listened to that thing. I've listened to that same probably one. 50 to 100 times. Yeah, and I'd listen to everything he said because what was so important to me. He'd say, now this is one of the five points of Calvinism, the fifth one. But he would go through verses that seemed to contradict the verses I would think. Yeah. That would say, well, you can fall from grace right. in Galatians this, yeah. that. Or Galatians uh, and Hebrews or is where to the go, end. That's where people go. And he would go in there and explain it to me. Yeah. And I was like, I needed that so bad. Mm-hmm. Somebody explained to me the ones that seemed to contradict right. eternal security. Right. And I mean, God don't contradict Himself. No, He's consistent. He's we're not the, ones, the author of a confusion, and we're the ones that are inconsistent. Amen. Sure. Yeah. But uh, I listened to Him explain that, and I was like, you know what? God only gives one kind of life. It's eternal it's life. Eternal. Yeah. And I heard J. Vernon McGee. I got that from J. Vernon McGee. Yeah. And one of the first times I've actually spoken, like publicly, before I announced my calling to preach, I yeah. done men's prayer daily devotion i done it on eternal security and heaven come down there and that it's the first time and i'm not getting charismatic but i do believe in the power of the holy spirit oh, yeah. i do yeah i went from being a moses stuttering yeah. to god just coming down sure i cannot explain it it's supernatural just calm my nerves everything speaking I don't want to say elegantly, but speaking yeah, clearly. with the power of God. Yes, and going through the scriptures, expounding upon them, being saved like six months, man, we'll do that. And afterwards, I talked to Ansel and told him what happened. I said, dude, 
I said, dude, I was like a hippie almost. I was like, dude, I don't know what just happened, but it's like a light switch just flipped and God just turned this power on to I can't explain it. Yeah, well, it's the power of God, man. It's so supernatural. I said, Ansel, have you ever went from like stuttering, being nervous, just being like that, being able to go through the scripture? He goes, yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, that just happened to me. I freaked out, man. Like, (laughs) I re- like I believe I was saved before, but now I really know I'm saved. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah, true that. But yeah, it's so I I want to say this. You know, I know we're, we're we're going for. I mean, we're going on about thirty minutes or forty minutes now. But um, I want to say this for for anybody that does not believe in the perseverance of the saints, eternal security, however you want to word it. Um, here's what you're missing. You're missing your assurance and your salvation. You're missing a lot of peace and a lot more nights sleeping. Yes, not being restless, and, and and yes, I believe that there. As I said earlier, there are many people that are saved that don't believe the eternal security or perseverance of saints. But you are wearing yourself out trying to do your best to make it to heaven. That's right. And so, so many people are robbed of assurance that what Jesus came to accomplish. If you've trusted in Him, it is. And there's an old. And the old red back hymn from my old Baptist friends. Got them glory bumps again. The old account was settled long ago. Amen. It was settled on Calvary. Amen. Friend. And, and and where and and where you don't know, am I really a Christian? Am I really not a Christian? Have you trusted in Jesus Christ? And have you trusted in his works alone? Have you trusted in the man that was sinless and lived a perfect life and died on Calvary and took your sin and my sin upon himself and did not deserve the death that he died but he died the death upon Calvary the, the, the awful death that it was and he was buried and he rose on the third day victorious over death hell and the grave and he, he secured salvation for those that believe Paul even said this I am confident that he's able to keep that which I've committed to him, I believe it, Seth. I mean, oh, there's yeah. there's there's not enough scripture. I mean, you can twist the scripture however you want to, to try to to try to spin this the other way. But the Bible is packed full of example after example after example of people who trusted in Christ, who fell into sin, but ultimately trusted in Christ and made it to heaven. Yep. The Bible's full of failures. That's how I'm trying to put it. Especially in the Old Testament. You see a lot of people that trust in the coming Messiah. Noah. Noah. It talks about Noah. Job. There was a a a a man that was the only righteous one. You know, preached preached the message of righteousness, and then the last thing you read about Noah is he got drunk. He was seen naked. And you don't read anything else about him, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But That's guess not what? A good way to end no, it's not a good life. way to end his life. But it's not upon uh, how we perform; it's upon who we trusted in. Yeah. You look at David, as you said. Look at Moses; is another good example. Uh, Moses didn't get to enter into the promised land. Did the man trust in in, in the Messiah that was to come? Absolutely. Yeah, sure did. Did David? Was David? The Bible even says David's a man after God's own heart. Did he sin? Majorly in a terrible way, absolutely he did. What did he say in Psalm fifty-one? Lord, forgive me. He said, I, "I'm a, I, I'm unclean." Yeah. You know, and I'm not reading it, you know, word for word. But 
David came to repentance. He cries out to God. He cries out to God. Over his sin. Yes, and so what I'm trying to say is, for those of you that don't believe in this doctrine, that that say, well, that just you know, I just don't doesn't sit right with me. Jesus said Himself that He came to seek and to save those that were lost, and to those that believe in Him, He gives to them, as I read in John 10, eternal life. Eternal means forever, friend. And that doesn't that doesn't mean that that it's dependent on you. It means no. It all rests upon Jesus Christ. And he said, take upon me. He said, take my yoke and my burden upon you because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if we, if we try to take upon uh, making it to heaven upon ourselves, that is a heavy burden and a heavy yoke to carry. It's a miserable life. It is a miserable life. But Jesus Christ is perfect and he perfected uh, at Calvary, those that would believe in him. That's hey, a, that's really about all I've got to say about the whole deal. So I believe that's a good place to end. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I hope, and I, I want to say this, you know, it's been a long time since we've been able to do this. This may be the, the last podcast that we're able to do for, for quite some time. You know, life's been busy, um, and we, we love doing this. And I, I know there's a few people that talk to us about it throughout the – uh, week or whatever and but, there's a few that's very eager to listen every yeah. week and I want to say this please reach out to us um, this is you know something we do because we actually love doing it it's just hard to find time to do it and um, yeah, anybody that listens that knows it has has a has a life and works a job. It's very hard to fit this has in. Kids has a wife. It's yeah. hard to have. Time. It's hard to fit it in. And uh, but we want you um, most importantly we want you to trust in Christ for salvation. Yes. If, if this is the last episode we ever do, we want yeah, you to, we want you to turn from your sin, turn from your righteousness, yes. and trust in Him alone. Trust in God who come in the flesh mm-hmm. as a man, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, rose again on the third day. Trust in Him alone for salvation, not within yourself, because yeah. you don't have any hope within yourself yeah. of salvation. And and for those of you that are Christians that are listening, that may be kind of opposed to the things that we talk about, we want you to find rest in Jesus Christ and know that His work is sufficient for your salvation and that you can rest in that and that you can trust in that. And that alone, and Christ's work alone, is sufficient for you to make it from here, the life that we live, into eternal life in heaven amen so so we don't know when we will do another episode we hope to get one eventually maybe in the spring or summertime things might get broke loose a little bit we just don't know yeah we don't want to put a time on it it could be next week we might get free to do another one or it could be months down the road we don't know Mm -hmm. so yeah thank you for being faithful and listening absolutely we pray that the lord blesses you and helps you during your christian life and that's all I got to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just same thing. I feel the same way. We all, you know, I think we we average about twenty to thirty listeners on each episode. So if you're listening to this, we absolutely love you with all of our hearts in Christ, and we hope that you'll reach out to us. You know, after you listen to this episode, even if you totally differ from us on this, we hope that you'll reach out to us. We can have these conversations because. Uh, honestly, we believe that even if you disagree with us and you trust in Christ for salvation, we're brothers and sisters in Christ, and that we should not, we should be able to have these conversations. Um, so many, so many times, and and throughout the years, we don't talk to people who differ than us on on ideas and and on things from the Bible because we think it's going to become a great argument. 
I'm not here to argue with you. I love you. And I want to I want to go to the Bible and examine something with you. And if I'm wrong, and if, if you're wrong, Seth, I, I believe, you know, I've known you long enough now. If, if we can look at the Bible and say, this is what the Bible says, and, and if I'm saying something that's opposite to it, I, I will repent of it, and we can we can get together, and 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 brother, we can sister, we can fellowship with it. Yeah, but see, here's the thing, Marcus. I'm never wrong, yeah. and I thank God I'm not like other men. Yeah, Mike yeah. Drop, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. Well, Seth's uh, self self righteousness is is you know it's just so it's so much above. He's so he's so he's such a righteous guy that you know there's there's not really anybody that compares to him, but. Anyways, we, we, we have a good time doing this, guys, and those of you that listen. Um, and honestly, it's been a long time since we've been able to do it, and we hope we get to do it again soon. But if not, as Seth said, we want you to trust in Christ and, and his works alone for salvation. And, and that's pretty much it. You know, that's the whole purpose of this podcast is to point you to the scriptures that you can open them and see for yourself. Not what man says, not what your pastor says, not that we're trying to take away from your local church. But what thus says the word of the Lord. Yeah, and I say one thing and close us out on this. I've been a free will Baptist. I've been a traditional Baptist. Now coming to a Reformed Baptist view. I want to say it ain't about who's smarter or who's this and that. It's about being faithful to the scriptures. I'm not a Reformed Baptist because it's cool. I'm not a Reformed Baptist because there's a lot of people out there that believe that. Well, actually, there's a small minority of Reformed Mm -hmm. Baptists out there. I want to say I believe it because thus saith the Lord. Yeah. That's the reason why I believe that, and that's the reason why anybody should change their beliefs because God's Word says this. Yes, yes. Anytime that you change your your, your, your thoughts or your opinion on on what you've been taught, what you believe, do not let it – don't let uh, Seth and I be an influence. No. I mean, if, if God is working through us to help you, absolutely, God bless that. But let the Word of God and the Holy Spirit – be the one who convinces you. Don't of these let things. it be a popular. Don't let it be a people thing. Let it be the word of God and the spirit of God leading you to change you. Yeah, absolutely. So, I think we'll close out on that one, Seth. We're closing in on about fifty minutes on this episode. So, um, anyways, uh, it was good to get back on here and talk to you all that'll listen, and we love y'all with all of our heart. And thank you for for each one that's listened uh, throughout the time we've been doing this. Uh, if it's you know a few months from now that we talk to you. Uh, we hope you'll tune back in. If it's never again we talk to you, then God bless you, and we love you. And please, 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 if you have any questions or you want to talk, or if you just want to talk about the Bible, man, there's nothing better. There's nothing more that we would love to talk about to you than Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. God bless y'all. Have a good night.